This morning, I'd like to talk about the state of the church, state of Hope Fellowship. The President of the United States does a State of the Union address, and lo and behold, there is a lot of feedback from that, <laughs> negative and positive. We're not going to talk about him. We're in a different country. But I think it's important to take a look at the state of this church. Who are we? What do we believe? What's going on? Where have we been? Where are we going? And since today is our annual meeting, I figured what a fantastic day to remind us of who we are, where we are going. So I'd like to begin by a reminder of what we believe so we don't take for granted the good news that's been shared already. First of all, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. Great picture of our Heavenly Father. Simple. Next, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary. He was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. That's where you yell, Amen. Amen. Cool. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Any complaints so far? No. Good. Nobody's going to listen to you anyway. Next. <laughs> We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, universal, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Don't let this freak you out. We believe in one church. The word Catholic means it's, it's, uh, it's universal. Okay? We are part of one body. We're not Roman Catholic. There's a big difference. All right? But we are part of one church. Part of Christ who is the head of the church. This is really, really important for a foundation. Sound good so far? Good. Next. We believe in the believer's identity in Christ. This has been pounded here for the last 11 years. I'm in my 12th year here now, and I will continue to teach this for my entire life, who we are in Christ. This is good news, that we're righteous, that we're clean, that we are holy. Because we are one with Christ, everything that Christ is, we are. We're not God. We are our union with him. I'm not him, he's not me, but I'm in union with him. His righteousness is my righteousness. That's good news. Righteousness, right standing. I am in right standing. Do I act like I'm always in right standing? No, neither do you. I've seen some of you drive. That's true. Are you holy? 
Yes, you are holy. Why? Because he has made you holy. This is good news. You don't have to try to become holy. I grew up uh, reading a book, uh, of one of, uh, I forget the title of it now, but it was about getting holy, more holy. <laughs> good intent meant well. Just like our worship leader was saying, you know, let's, uh, God showed up. Wait a minute, he was here the whole time. You never hear us pray, Lord, we invite you to join us this morning. Baloney. He's here in us, through us, for us, with us at all times. Heck, he holds the whole universe together, so how can we be absent from him? Really? This is good news. I won't get into more of it because there's a whole lot. God is love. In 1 John 4, 7 and 8, 9 to 10 and 16. It doesn't say God has love. It says God is love. Big difference. It's not an app or an attribute. Okay? God is love. That is his essence. He is agape and cannot function outside of that at all. He, it's his nature. And the nature of God is the same for the entire trinity. The whole trinity, its essence is love. Agape. We've done studies on that. We know the character of the Father by looking at the Son. This is a newer one for me. But I cannot see my Heavenly Father any other way now. Does that mean I understand the Father? No. But I will look through the Son because Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I, we're one. That's good news. Does that mean I understand some of the stuff, especially in the Old Testament? I don't. But that's okay. I'm starting to actually trust God in spite of my understanding. Hmm. Imagine that. We don't have to understand it all. We do trust Him. I'll let the scriptures speak. And I don't have to always give a meaning for what it means. That's the Holy Spirit's job, really. Really. I can give you my heart and my intent of what I've come to learn. That's great. But the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He is my teacher. And that's very encouraging for the body here. Abiding is the key and a model. Abiding is huge. People don't recognize how important abiding is. Without abiding, we won't understand what our behaviors should look like. Grace is not the free-for-all to go and, and sin all you want. That's called disgrace, not grace. Grace leads us to godliness. Godliness tells us to say no to ungodly behavior. So if somebody wants to take grace and say it's a license to go sin and I can really do whatever I want, that is such an immature person. They're still learning the basics of grace. And if you know more than the basics, then you also need to be gracious to that person who doesn't see it yet. <clears throat> Compassion and grace to those who don't fully see it. <laughs> Imagine that, child, young man, father. How we look at each other through compassion matters. Abiding. Where do we get this from? Here we go. Jesus said in John 5.30, I stole this from my Grace Walk conference, obviously. Um, in John 5.30, a picture of abiding, Jesus says, I do nothing on my own initiative. This is Jesus talking. 
Then he goes on to say, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Hmm. I do not speak on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. Something's going on with this man, Jesus. He's abiding in the Father. It gets better. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Who is he? The Father. For I did not speak in my own initiative, but the Father himself, who sent me, has given me commandment what to say and what to speak. As Jesus was going, it was the Father speaking to the Son, say these things. I believe it was the Holy Spirit that was inspiring Jesus moment by moment, giving him a revelation of what was going on in people's minds, going on in their bodies. He, it was the Holy Spirit saying, go and heal. Jesus didn't have it on his to-do list for the week. Okay, on Thursday I'm going to heal the lepers. Then I'm going to show up at a funeral on Friday. He didn't have that. It was as he was going. Where else do we see a text that says, as we are going? You may not recognize this, but it comes from the great, what they call the Great Commission. It's just a term we've made up. Where Jesus said, go and make disciples. The term go means as you are going. It's not an emphatic command of you are here, move from A to B. That's not what it means. It means as you are going, make disciples. It does not say go and make converts. You think about that. Get him to say the prayer. No. We're called to make disciples. Show them the love of Christ. Let them respond to the love of Christ. And then let the love of Christ live out through them. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. So, what is the source then that animated the life of Christ? Obviously the Father. Take a look at this text. Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs. Here it is. Which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. I think this is a very easily skipped over verse. Because we've taught, oh, Jesus did a ton of miracles. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's declaring and giving credit to who the author and the source of those miracles are. It was the Father doing them through Jesus. In the same way, because we're in union with Christ, the Holy Spirit can do these same things through us as he chooses. Whether you have the gift or not, because I think the gifts are still active. What do they look like? I'm not sure. Depends which church you go to. <laughs> really? Think about it, you know. Some people, they're far more expression and they're far more free to do stuff here. We're still trying to figure some of that out and it's okay. Um, I haven't got that figured out. But if the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you right now, he can do it. Nothing is hindering him. He can animate his life through you. Do you know you're possessed? Patty, you're possessed. So are you. Ralph's possessed. Yeah. What a, what a freaky thing. You're all possessed by the Holy Spirit. And what is in can animate. We're too fascinated with movies today that have demon possession because then that demon possession animates itself through the body. You've seen those movies, right? Where do you think they got it from? The truth. 
we are possessed with the Holy Spirit and have just and far greater capacity to be animated by the life in us. Will you let him animate his life through you? You can suppress it. You can stop it. You say, that's too embarrassing, Lord. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to look too religious. <laughs> or that's too freaky because they'll see me as a, as a religious nut job. I, I don't want that. And then we say no. We stifle it. What if the Holy Spirit just wants you to love somebody? You going to let him? He wants to animate his life through you. This is huge. This is the core, core foundation of what it means to walk out, live out our salvation that we possess. How are Christians then to relate to Jesus? In the same way. Here's how we're supposed to relate. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Just as Jesus abided in the Father, Jesus is saying, will you abide in me? Let my life be animated through you. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's the bearing of fruit, not the creating of it. Sometimes we're too busy trying to create fruit. And a lot of church programs are designed to create fruit, which is fruity. It's like fruit cake. Both should never be in the same sentence. You know, like, bleh. You're designed to bear fruit. As you live in Christ, his love will come out somehow through your unique personality. And he'll even do it in this church family. Whatever church family you're part of, if you're part of a small group, same thing. Christ will animate his life through that unique body as well. It's individual and group and corporate. All of it is important. The son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing for whatever the father does. These things the son also does in like manner. Abiding. I love this. It's from Steve's blog in 2010. Simply put, to abide in Christ means one thing. To relax and trust his indwelling life to motivate and mobilize our actions. Oh, see it? It's not passive. It's very active. It means to know that it's not up to us to make something happen. It means to trust him and stop worrying about ourselves. In fact, it means to take our eyes off of ourselves and just look at him, knowing that there is nothing we have to do and that he will show us when to act and what to do when it's time to do it. It is a life of rest. In 2015, I want to talk about the rest of grace. What's the rest? There's a pun on rest, obviously. We work from rest, and that's almost an oxymoron, but it isn't. While resting, we work. And when the Holy Spirit empowers us, to do the work he's called us to do, it will almost be effortless, even though you may get physically tired. But the internal power that comes from the indwelling Christ will motivate you. You're going to want to. He actually creates the desires in you to do those things. The past. Where have we come from? A great heart and a great heritage. Rod, I want you to come up for just 30 seconds and give us the same thing you do in our membership class. Give us a quick update on how Hope Fellowship began uh, up to the present as best and quickly as you can. 30 seconds? 
go. I've already used five. <laughs> <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a fu future. No. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah, <clears throat> excuse me, 29:11. That is hope's foundation verse. It happened. There was a group of us. I don't know, eight, ten families were meeting in someone's basement and we were deciding, discussing what we were going to do as a group, future as a church. That verse was given to one in our group whose first name was Sue. She came to the meeting that night and said, God just laid this verse on my heart. Felt very impressed by it. And we took that verse, used it as a foundation. You see it on the front of your bulletin, or at least the uh, main point of it today is there. And that really is where the name Hope Fellowship came from, was from that verse as well. And What was choice number two? That was the, that was the number one choice. You got to show up for the meeting this afternoon. I'll relive that story. Oh, okay. I'm going to have a quiz during a break time. When awesome. Up, so Good. that's one of the questions. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Mike mentioned that he started into his second decade here at Hope Fellowship. Hope Fellowship has entered, as of last July, its third decade in existence. God has been good and He's blessed us, seen us through many or several different physical settings, beginning with Lutherwood, meeting place just up the road here in Benjamin Road. We met there for at least close to half a dozen years. From there we moved to St. Nicholas Catholic School, met there for about a year. We spent a summer up at the former United Church building, which was then a church theater in downtown St. Jacobs. We had two to three months there. Then we moved to the daycare center, the old former Brighton School, and then from there to here in the outlet mall. And we've been here since the fall of 2008. Something like that, yeah. I think I've got that right. Anyway, that's a brief history. Cool. That was good. Good timing. All right. Small group wanted to grow in grace, and that was one of the hopes when that group first met. They wanted to discover more of God's grace. I remember them saying that. That was a big deal. Then they hired some young grace guy after Phil. Didn't have it all together and still doesn't. So you've been stuck with me ever since. So I'm still young. So there. <laughs> been growing ever since. This church is not trying to grow. I've been taught through Bible college and seminary to grow. I've been part of church planting assessments and church planting groups, been qualified and commissioned to be a church planter and all that stuff, and, you know, uh, to, to create something, to manufacture something, and there are ways to do it. You can almost do it without God. <laughs> Imagine that. So, yes, you can. You can do a lot apart from God, but will it have eternal value? If it is God doing it, look out. Nothing can stop it. So, when I came to Hope Fellowship, I, I saw it as a group of 22 people, hungry to grow. They almost closed up. And uh, it's been just morphing ever since. We have not arrived. I don't think there is an arrival. We are still becoming a church. Even though we have, what, 130 here this morning in that ballpark, 140. We're still becoming. One of the mottos here is, the rules are here to serve us. If the rules cease to serve us, change the rules. That's big. Every other church I've been a part of, no, the rules are it. 
And if you can't adjust, bye-bye. <laughs> no, not here. This is a much more relaxed church family that its intent is loving one another and getting this good news out to others. Learning how to practice what grace looks like in a safe family. It's pretty cool. Our purpose statement as a church, Hope Fellowship exists to help individuals recognize who they are in Christ. Number one thing. I think this is the most important thing. We've got two youth leaders that we've just brought on board. They will be teaching the youth, the senior high youth, their identity. They're going to be affirming because it happens in Sunday school, then in youth, and you hear it here. Hopefully we can get it. I'd love to see a young adult program going here. That'd be really neat. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, somebody. All right. So we'll back up here. Um, recognize who they are in Christ in order that his divine life can be actively released through them to others. Once you know your identity, you don't sit on a bump on a log and do nothing. It has to become active. There's a progression. There is growth. Everything that grows has movement. Bodies grow. If your little ones, as we see all these little kids running around, you can see the stages of growth. If we didn't, we would need to see a medical professional. Something is wrong. Same thing with you and I. We are to grow. If you have not grown in the last year or two or three or whatever, five years, ten years, there's a problem. A big problem. A blockage that has to be fixed. I don't mean growing, like, okay. I mean spiritual growth, you know, like your understanding of who God is and all that. Anyway, you get the point. All right. So, um, that his life, divine life can be actively released through them to others, thereby reproducing the intimacy and maturity of his life in others. Are you speaking into people's lives? Are you investing in someone else and helping them grow and mature? Or are you the taker? just here to receive, receive. I just love what I'm learning here. Yes, love, yeah, yeah. Take, 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 take. It's almost like a, a Seuss movie or something like that. No, you're here to reproduce. You take in, but it's got to spill over. You have been given to overflow. You have overflowing life in you. Where is it overflowing to? Or did you put a lid on it? We're thinking about. I wouldn't be satisfied. I'm not satisfied where I am. I want to keep growing. There's so much more to learn. So much more. In fact, the more I learn, the less I realize I know. When I was in Bible college, I knew everything. I did. I, uh, we're told what to, what to believe. We're told what to think. It was all done. We've arrived. I can take on anybody. Ha! Anyway what this looks like. Here at Hope Fellowship, worship is a big key. Expressing our love to God. It does not mean music. It can look like music. You know, I, I, on Christian radio, they say, well, when you go to worship on Sunday or uh, during Sunday worship, wait a minute, what are you talking about Sunday worship? We worship 24-7. Our work is our worship. Putting our hands up and singing, that is an expression of worship, but it is not the full concept of worship. It, that, there's so much more to worship than we know. Worship, expressing our love to God. 
How do we do that? We show each other love as well. That is an act of worship. Secondly, ministry, expressing himself, Christ expressing himself through us by serving one another. When the worship team comes up here, they don't just show up Sunday mornings and no practice, nothing, and boom, go right at it. No, they practice. They come early. Sometimes they'll do a midweek practice. The actual leader, do you know what they do? They spend hours going through songs and figuring out the chords, does that match with this and so on. The behind the scenes work, folks, you have no clue. And if you do have a clue, thank your leaders. There's much that goes on behind the scenes. Your Sunday school teachers prepare and plan so the kids can learn. I sometimes prepare too. <laughs> Evangelism is an enthusiasm about Jesus that is contagious. Evangelism is an enthusiasm that is contagious. Do you love Christ or do you sort of like him? Or do you put up with him because you have to? When you know the love of Christ internally, it will bubble out. Sometimes it can look like words to somebody, but most often it'll be expressions of love, especially to those who don't know Christ. Sometimes there are programs we have for evangelism. We, we set something up where we bring people in that don't know Christ and we tell them that that's just one little bitty, bitty, bitty little way. But there's so much more. At your work, how you love, how you express, that's evangelism. The opportunities that God brings to your doorstep. The doors that are in front of you that suddenly open up. Where'd this opportunity come from? Walk through that door. That is evangelism. Who knows what it looks like? Go online and listen to the series um, uh, Marketing Jesus. Uh, we talked about that here. And it kind of kills the whole traditional picture of evangelism in a very beautiful way and brings a much healthier picture of what evangelism can and should look like. Fellowship, meeting needs with love. Well, it doesn't mean food. Often we think, you know, we have fellowship, it's food, right? Well, today it's going to be, it's going to be great. But the fellowship is the connecting. And that happens in small groups. It happens pre-service for coffee. Like, did you know 10 o'clock coffee starts? Did you know that 10.30, you're supposed to be in here shutting up and... Afterwards, people stay, and sometimes they joke, not because I flick the lights, they go home, you know. It's a fellowship. There's, there's the desire to want to be connected is, is exciting. Going out for coffee, doing whatever it is you do, go to a game, whatever, that's all fellowship time. Really, really important. Discipleship. Growing in our knowledge of God's amazing love and acceptance. Continually being teachable. Some of you will teach. Some of you will teach in one category, but then another person will teach in another category, teaching, and we'll just cross-pollinate and cross-teach, and nobody's got it all. That's why we have a whole body. Different people are gifted with different things. People have come up to me and said, hey, I've got a great idea for ministry for you to do. Oh, great. Did God put this on your heart? Well, I think so. What if he put it on your heart for you to do? Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Christ in, you can. Some people say, well, I'm not gifted to teach Sunday school. I don't even like it. Wait a minute. The gift is the Holy Spirit. Some people have started teaching Sunday school who did not want to do it, but responded to a need and now actually like it. 
Some people have tried it and don't like it and have stopped. There are no rules to this. But meeting needs in love, seeing a need, it's powerful. Present, what do we got going on? Ministries that we are seeing here at Hope Fellowship. Do you know all this is happening all the time? Take a look. Worship teams, sound guys, the sound board people, the, uh, the tech help on the computer. Like That happens every Sunday all the time. Greeters, the lovers of people at the front door. And by the way, if you're not involved in anything here at Hope Fellowship, can I invite you to please, where's Anna? Stand up, Anna. I want you to see Anna today. Say, Anna, um, I, I'm not comfortable with this yet, but Mike said I should talk to you. And sign up for greeting. And basically, you'll be up once every two months. That's it. To, just to thank people for coming. Welcome them. That, that's it. And you get to know people. Very safe way to do it. Very easy. Outreach, missions, and love them all. You know, our, our leadership team is revamping what missions is going to be looking like and see more of the local community outreach. That's in the plans for this new year and the years to come. Missions that are overseas is just another category of missions. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to hear more about that. Diane, who goes out and loves the people in this mall every single week, every Thursday, she shows up for three to four hours. Want a cookie? Want a coffee? She makes it, cleans it, brings it all out there, comes back in, cleans up the mess, just loving on people. That's it. One person. That's just one person. It's happening behind the scenes. Sunday school, nursery, happens all every single week. And in the summertime, we give them a break when everybody else who doesn't teach signs up to help teach over the summer, right? That's a heads up, it's coming. So you, you'll all want to suddenly sign up for that. Yes, good. Uh, junior and senior high. Our youth need guidance and direction at the most impressionable times of their lives. Somebody will impress them, guaranteed. Who's it going to be? That's why we brought on senior high leaders to speak into the lives of those kids. Junior high, we already have that running, and they're being set up to go into the senior high. They're being loved and groomed as well. It's a, it's a whole ministry that runs through loving one another and being part of a family. It's huge. Men's and women's events. That's been happening. Then we have church family events. Movie nights, games nights, blah, 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 picnics and barbecues and corn roasts and you name it. Small groups. A new launch of this. Colleen is our small groups director at this point. And we're going to be taking time and walking through what small groups should look like for this church family. I think it's one of the most critical elements of glue holding us together. And we don't realize it yet. Brace yourself. There's some good stuff coming. Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Maggie. Where are you? Love you, Maggie. Taking care of that kitchen. And Carol. All right? And get this. I'm not going to like this, but Ernie. Once in a while, I get to do it, Ernie. But the silent love that's expressed back there you don't know what's going on, do you? Card ministry. Do you know there's a group of people that are writing cards throughout the church? Where are the card people? I know Trudy's here. Just you, Trudy, or who's with you in that? Are you it? Oh, who's with you? 
Carol? Lechnitz. Lechnitz. Perfect. Where is she? Oh, okay. So there's two people who are loving on the people in this church by sending a card. Birthdays or this, somebody's sick, whatever it is. That's happening. <laughs> prayer chain. If you have a prayer request, send it in to Jen. It goes out to some people who said, hey, we'll pray for the requests that come in. You need to know it's running. Loaves and fish, we're figuring that out. You're still being loved with food. There are people that when they go in the hospital, they need some help. So we have a freezer full of food right now and there'll be more put together later. But that's a way to love one another. Cleaning. Can you guys please clean up your bulletins at the end of the service? Like really? You know, take your cups and coffee mugs, put them at the back. Don't leave but your chair. Because every week, somebody comes along with love and sometimes not too much love when they see how big the mess is. And they clean up our mess. You know? They clean the floors. They clean all the junk up, the stuff left behind. They mop and sweep and, and wipe down things and every week. Take the garbage out, the overflowing garbage. Take it down to the dumpster and get rid of it. And they spend a couple hours cleaning. That's love. Easy ministry to be a part of. Talk to Rod if you're interested in that. It's a very behind the scenes, but extremely needed. Admin, leadership team, tellers, Jen Shaw. Boy, oh boy, there's no way this church could function without her in the office the way she works. Seriously. It's huge. She kind of navigates and makes sure all the stuff fits together on the calendar and, and even hears complaints from people that shouldn't be complaining. And she still takes it in and, and whatever, you know, she still loves on you. Then we have our leadership team that serves, meets, loves on you guys and is thinking ahead for this church family. It's been put in place by God to lead this church. I don't get to lead it on my own. Sure, I'm a leader, but I'm a leader among equals. They're my boss, but I'm their leader. It's a very unique system. I love it. It's very mutually accountable. And of course, tellers. We have people that every Sunday, instead of sticking around for coffee instantly, they go out and they count the offerings and keep a, a confidential record of all that. It's all happening every single week in the present right now. The future. I'd like us to become a healthy, structured family with systems in place to know what to do when events happen. If there's a crisis, we know exactly what to do. If there's a, uh, like our small group ministry, the structuring of that, um, the, our leadership team and the changes that need to happen, especially as this church morphs and grows, you can't use the same structure you had when you had 25 people. It doesn't work like that. So God has brought on people with a vision to see ahead and, and create systems and structures. It needs to be functional or we will fail. And I don't want that. To become constantly growing in grace, there's no rival with this. There's much to learn. There's much to understand. In fact, when I first came and I started teaching through the Grace Walk experience here, that was my first chance to ever teach grace from the beginning anywhere. Do you think my understanding has grown for all those things I taught back then? The foundation's still core. 
but what it looks like keeps morphing and getting bigger and better. It's getting clearer, better ways to explain it. And then once in a while, oops, back to this. Because I, whether it's gone too far one way and finding a way to say it better or whatever it is, the Holy Spirit's good at what he does. Thanks to loving people that we trust. It's important to have relationships here. Next, to be increasing in our overflow and expression of the grace we believe in. It's got to look like something. It has to be in action. It must be love in action. If you're part of Hope Fellowship and you say this is your church family, I'm going to ask you to find a place to be actively involved. You're not meant to just sit and take. You're meant to participate. When people come in the front end, they need to just sit and take because they're healing. But some have been here a long time. You can get involved. That'll also be part of your healing journey if you're not healed yet. Does that make sense? Find a place. Find a way to love somebody. If nothing else, every single one of you have one job. Every single one of you. Get to know people. If you come to Hope Fellowship and you say you don't know people, it's your fault. No more excuses. None. We put systems in place of communication. There's no excuse for anybody not to be connected. I can't change personalities. And you may think mine's easy as far as, oh, you get to know people so easily. Do you know how scary it is for me? No, you don't. It is. I have to work hard at stuff. Some people it's easy to connect with, but other people it's work. Okay? There's no such thing as easy relationships. It doesn't happen. State of the church. We're in a good state. We have a great leader. His name is Jesus. He lives in you. He lives in me. And he wants to be active. Begins with the bride, loving each other. But it must go somewhere else too. And that's good news. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of pastoring this church. What an honor it is. What a joy. What a grace-filled group of people. May they see the same thing I see. May they also be encouraged to love one another and see each other through the lens of love and agape. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.